0: Hey, it's Brian here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Go Be More podcast. For those of you who've never heard of Go Be More apparel, I just want to take a moment to tell you what we're about. We believe we all have a responsibility to chase our dreams, and we want to give you the motivation, the mindset, and the permission to do it. We want our apparel to be a constant reminder of your commitment to achieving your goals, and we want the words Go Be More to remind you of your dreams and your next steps every time you see them. As for this podcast, every Tuesday I speak with John Rankin, world-class miler, kidney disease survivor, and founder of Go Be More, about topics that will help to unlock your potential and get you moving forward. Every Friday, we interview a special guest to learn more about their Go Be More journey. In this episode, we speak with Christina Audencial, the morning news anchor for Fox 5 San Diego. Christina walks us through the ups and downs of her career in news, from her first audition in high school to working as a writer-producer, reporter, and now anchor. It wasn't always a smooth journey, however. Christina shares why she left the business entirely before coming back and eventually winning an Emmy for her reporting on Typhoon Yolanda in 2013. She shares how the experience changed her life and the fine line of being a professional and human in her work. Christina was a joy to speak with, and we're sure you're going to love this conversation. All right, on to the episode. Christina, thank you for joining us.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
2: Thanks for joining us, Christina. We appreciate your time and are super excited to share your story with our audience.
0: And we really appreciate your patience as we've just struggled to get this going here. Uh, I'm just gonna address it up up front because I think it's just part of the reality of doing this. We've been having some technical issues and you have been so great. I really appreciate it. Thank you for for bearing with us.
1: Oh, no problem. I understand, I understand this all too well.
0: (laughs) Christina, you have a really interesting background filled with early childhood travel throughout the world. You're born in the Philippines. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience growing up? And that I think will lead us a little bit into the career that you've chosen.
1: Well, yes, I was born in the Philippines, born in Subic Bay. My dad was in the U.S. Navy. So we moved around a lot. And for the most part of my childhood, it was overseas. So it was Philippines, Guam, Japan, Uh, Singapore. And eventually we we did head to San Diego when I was still in middle school. But then, you know, dad got orders, you know, we have to go to Singapore. And of course, I was really upset about it to leave San Diego because I I really felt like this is where I wanted to call home. But I had to finish out my high school career in in Singapore. And that and actually that (laughs) That ended up being a blessing because if it weren't for that place, I wouldn't be where I am today. Uh, so, And now, you know, we, we ended up going back to San Diego where I went to school. My dad ended up retiring here. So that's how that's how we moved around a lot. <laughs>
0: it was because of the military. You mentioned in going to Singapore that it, you were upset about it, but it, it kind of opened the door for where you are today. And I'm curious, uh, when you say that, did you get your start in pursuing a career in the news in Singapore?
1: Well, so it was... It was actually in Singapore that I realized that I did want to to end up in news, only because you know I grew up wanting to be a marine biologist when I was a kid, and then that dream then started to fade uh, when I was pretty much in high school, and I felt like this mounting pressure to want to know what I wanted to do. I went to an international school and, you know, all these students that I that I went to school with, like knew exactly what they wanted to do. And, um, and I was just like, gosh, how come I don't know? And, you know, I was getting pressure from my parents too. Like, you're going to go to college and this and that, and you're going to get a really good career. And I was just like, ah, but I don't know what I want to do yet. Um, so it happened by accident. I use the term accident very loosely. Don't believe in coincidence. Don't believe in accidents. I believe everything is, is is it happens for a reason. Right but essentially, they, <laughs> we had a student run production in Singapore for the students, by the students. And you would do like a morning show. So you'd have the students who would present the morning announcements. You had a cameraman. You had a director. You had a producer. We were all students. And in order to be one of the anchors, you had to audition. And it was a really good friend of mine who wanted to do it. And she was like, "Christina, you got to do this with me. You have to audition with me." And I thought, "I don't want to do that." And I'm like, "Who wants to face your, you know, classmates in the morning where you're still like rubbing the, you know, the morning out of your eyes and all that stuff?" And she was, like, "It's just an audition. Just do it for me because I need a co-anchor." Okay, so we go ahead and do it. I ended up getting it, and she didn't. Oh no! And it's it's <laughs> it's weird. It's so weird how that all plays out. But instead of You know, going up to our our teacher, Mr. Clemens, and saying, hey, you know, I I really don't want to do this, because I had that option to say, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just going to step back and let someone else take it. I actually said, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to do it. Because I also thought, if he saw something in me that I didn't know that I had, maybe that's something worth Mm -hmm. looking into. Um, And it turns out, I actually, I really enjoyed writing it. Teachers would give us their announcements. We would have to write it into our own words, which is a lot like the news today. And it was through, it was, I basically just, I mean, I really dove in headfirst And all of a sudden I was in yearbook and I was in the newspaper and the audio uh, audiovisual classes. And all of a sudden I was into it. I didn't know what, but just in this arena was what I wanted to do. We went to a field trip, Singapore, CNBC uh, Asia, which is headquartered there. And it was the first time I'd ever been in a newsroom. And as soon as I walked in, and I saw people just kind of doing their thing, but you could feel the electricity. I, don't, I say that, I don't know what it is, but it's like I could feel the energy from the room and I was like, oh, this is it. Like, this yeah. is what I want to do. And I mean, I was so, I was so excited. I was, um, I was kind of dancing around, like, you know, behind, <laughs> behind my classmates, I was kind of like tapping, like, ooh, ooh, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, I'm so excited. It was it was hilarious and we, they take us into the studio and the anchors i think had just finished one of their news blocks so they were in commercial break and they were they were very kind they were waving to us from the desk like hey how are you guys doing and you know welcome and i uh, i hope you guys we don't scare you guys off and things like that they were just being really nice and funny and then their floor director says stand by three two and it's funny because all of us were like <gasps> like you have to be quiet because they're about to you they're about to go live. <laughs> and here they are and they're still talking. Like they're counting 3 2 and they're like oh blah 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 and like still talking to us and it was until the very last second then suddenly they were so composed and they were live bringing the news to all of Asia because this is CNBC right? Asia, is not a wow. local thing.
2: Wow. So I, that's I, cool. I,
1: so I I was like, what, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, their composure and their, their presence and their professionalism from going to, Hey, how are you? To this is today's news. There was just something about it. And it was in that moment that I said, okay, now that's what I'm going to do when I get into a newsroom. I want to be in wow. their seat. So that's how it's so if I hadn't gone to Singapore, I might have never had that chance. So, yes, yeah, it also thankful. sounds like that teacher <laughs> I mean
0: who identified in something in you when you auditioned and had a really big impact, it sounds, on your high school experience, obviously on your entire life.
1: Absolutely. He, he actually straight called me crazy <laughs> one day. <laughs> <said>. Oh, no. <laughs> because, no, you know when he just, because he, it took a lot of work. Because, uh, you know, you take your book and you take the newspaper on. And I didn't want just a little writing gig. I wanted, I wanted a good chunk. I was also in choir at the time. So he goes, okay, why don't you head our arts and entertainment for the yearbook and the newspaper? So I was taking on these big roles and he was trusting me with them. And I would grab the camera one day and that wasn't even my role. And I was like, let me just go around the campus and shoot. And he goes, gosh, he goes, you're really into this. And, and, and he just knew that a lot of the stuff that we were doing, it wasn't just meant for in the classroom. It, it, there was a lot of work outside and it was a lot of late nights. In the classroom, you know, trying to get things done because you're dealing with deadlines. You're really learning how to meet deadlines that were being given to you. And so he was like, "You're crazy," because you were like, "You're in four of my classes. Like, how are you juggling everything?" And I, but I was having the time of my life. I was, and that's and that's how I figured. I'm like, "Oh no, this is if this is what it is. This is what this is what I want to do." So how did you take
0: that from from that experience and and? go forward after you graduated? What were, your, what were your next steps at that point?
1: Well, I, I went to school. I went to UCSD. This is where we went. We ended up back in San Diego as a family. And I didn't really have a choice at which college I wanted to go to. My dad had his own dreams <laughs> for his children. Like, going to UCSD. He was in love with the school, so, you know. and if they're paying for a tuition, there's like, there's, okay, right. we're gonna go. I,
2: I already <laughs> so, have plans for my daughter. Uh, She's gonna go to Juilliard, so, yeah. I mean, or become an astronaut, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> so dads, dads do do that, we do that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you know, obviously it's not a school known for journalism, but I just, I went in and talked to a counselor and she recommended uh, that I just take an internship and figure out from there. And she actually even told me, she goes, you know, in reality, a lot of people think they they want to do something. They intern Yes. And and they're like, no, actually that's not yeah, what they want to do. So she was like, You go ahead and give it a shot, get your feet wet. And of course, where do they stick me? They stick me in the early morning hours where I had to wake oh. up at two in the morning, which is not far from what I'm doing wow. now. So I was shadowing our morning producers, and I'm I'm telling you these people who work the overnight hours to get you the morning news some of the hard work hardest working Mm. people i know in the business because they're coming in at 11 p.m midnight and they're starting to write i don't know how their brains are even functioning
2: (laughs) a lot of coffee or no i mean how how do you do it it's that's that is crazy
1: it's crazy and so it, it was actually here at the abc affiliate in san diego that's where i intern at 10 news and so they trusted me. They gave me a couple of stories to write every now and then. I was really excited to always hear the anchors read it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wrote that. They're reading my words. Like- <laughs> and eventually, you know, I was just really persistent. Um, in news, they're very, very busy. And even though you intern, it's not guaranteed they'll always have something for you to do because they're, they're so busy. Um, So I would ask every single day, what can I help you with? What can I help you with? I asked everyone from the anchors, to the writers, to the producers, to the directors, to people. I didn't even know what they did. I know they're just (laughs) in building. So I'm like, hey, do you need any help today? And most of the time I was like, no, like get out of my way, I'm doing something. But eventually they they looked for the girl who was always asking to help. And so I ended up doing a a pretty, a, a big project for them one day. And I think that finally, put my name at yeah. least in their minds. So when they knew, Oh, we needed to hire a writer. I was like, hi, remember me? And they're like, you're oh, already yeah. here. <laughs> <Christina>. <laughs> you, yeah. You're you, you want to write? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, put me in, sign me up. So as soon as I graduated, I had a job. I, I knew exactly what I would. I mean, it, it's a little backwards. If I, if I go into like how you get into reporting mm-hmm, right. and stuff, but I started out right. as a writer producer first, instead of, just going straight out the door as a reporter. So would you, but I'm thankful would you say for that.
2: it's it's harder? Just out of curiosity, like when you got into the news, and obviously you had your unique path to it. Do you think it's harder now to try to get into the news, to break into the industry, compared to when you started?
1: Actually, I think it's. Gosh, you know what? Technology has changed mm. a lot. Yeah, I would say it was harder then, only because back then. I still, if I wanted to be a reporter, I needed to create a reel, and then I would need to get DVDs to burn mm. my reel on, and then physically, so you're, you're broke, you know, as, as a writer right. anyway, and then you're buying all these DVDs, and you're sending like 50 of these reels out, and paying for postage, and, and doing all this stuff, and hoping, just hoping someone actually sees it. So now you can upload yeah. your reel onto YouTube, and you can email a friend who you know, like, oh, I know such and such works over here at NBC. And maybe if I, you know, maybe they can send my reel over to the news, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a little easier in a sense because technology has made it easier. But there are also, now we have social media and we have the internet where we're watching a lot of live stream. You know, a lot of news stations now have talent specifically just for their Facebook lives for just for, you know, um, well, how I think about this. Like our internet producers, they they can also be talent, but it's only yeah. online, you know, and they're producing and they're filming themselves like selfie style, like, oh, this is what's going on. This is what's breaking, et cetera, et cetera. You know, watch our station for the latest, but, you know, they're also getting airtime, so to speak.
2: That's kind of interesting. Has it? Has it yeah. Go ahead, John. Yeah. It's, I was just going to say, yeah, it's very interesting, actually. And uh, I, I'm just curious because... It, I was so honored to have the opportunity because I'm from San Diego as well. I grew up in San Diego and had plenty of friends. I almost went to UCSD. I got accepted to go there, which is super cool. And I have this strong affinity for the news stations down there. I grew up, you know, in a family and with with grandparents that watched all the news stuff, you know. And news, I don't know why, but down in San Diego, it just seemed like... You guys are a big part of our lives. Honestly, I felt like everybody kind of watched the San Diego news stations. You know, like KUSI was one I watched all the time. You know, I, 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 I remember reading through your your bio on the Fox Five San Diego News website. You, you mentioned something about the Union Tribune and doing some work with them as well. And I mean, all of that's so that's home for me, and I, I see so much value in. You guys, in in terms of the media and your presence in the culture of San Diego and, and everything that you guys bring to what makes San Diego so special in my eyes. But it is seems like it is more competitive now to bring the news and be relevant with all that stuff going on. How do you guys manage competing? Because it is kind of competing for the audience with all the other stuff as you guys transitioned to be more digital as well, or what's, what's kind of been that, how you guys have handled that new competition?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because <laughs> I would say that digital is such a huge part. So if your station doesn't have an actual digital team, you're yeah. struggling, you know what I mean, at this point, because you need someone who's gonna handle the station's website, and then the station's Twitter and the station's Facebook. And then if they have a station, Instagram, you're handling that too. And then now, you know, most stations are requiring their talent. You've got to have Instagram. You've got to have Twitter. You've got to have all these things. So before when it was I would report, when I was a reporter, it's like, okay, I would report, I'd be done. It became, no, no, no. When you're done with your report, you have to send a web script. So now you've got to write differently. Now it's AP style. you got to send it to the, to the digital team who will then, edit your copy, and then push it toward the website. And then all of a sudden it was, hey, are you out at the scene and it's breaking news? And all I'm thinking is I've got to get the facts so I can make my 5 p.m. hit because we're live at 5 p.m. But if it's 3.30, they're probably texting me, why did NBC just text? Uh, just tweet this out? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, yes about that okay so then now i'm grabbing my phone and i'm taking video of the scene even before so it's so funny because you bring up a good point john that before families could depend on getting the very latest news and on you know 5 p.m 6 p.m or whatever hours you know Mm -hmm. they were watching and you could tease ahead and you could say hey here's the story here's the latest and we're going to bring that to you at these hours and you could expect it then now you're just getting it you're getting it as a notification on your phone as soon as it happens so it's more eyes, more ears, and fast <laughs> fingers. Yeah. <laughs> you were just...
2: <laughs> now, this, this is a question that I don't know if it's okay to answer or appropriate. The, I'll ask it, and you can tell me if this is... If you can say this is... I can't really answer that question, but do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that, that the information is coming out so quickly when it's happening without all the facts being gathered? You know, because I, personally, I feel like that's where... We can get into a lot of trouble uh, in terms of saying stuff and not really having the full story in place. Then all of a sudden, anybody that's in media can then be a part of misleading you know their audience and and having to go back and and correct certain things. But that's kind of tough to do that because once they hear something, they kind of act upon that news as if that that's the, the all the information they, Needed to make a good decision or to have a clear understanding of something that's happening in the world or locally
0: in their area. Or how do you feel or about? I would say, John, just to add on, coming out so quickly. Just out of what you're saying, if you make a mistake, now it'll be held against you as that person. That person yeah. lied in the in in whatever they reported, and we can't trust that news station anymore. And it, it seems there's a very strong uh, sense of this in social media, especially.
1: Well, yes, yeah, so to, to answer John's question, but John, you pretty much, you pretty much answered it. There's, there's, I think it's good and it okay. and it's bad. It's great in a sense that because our society now relies on fast information, we want things, we want things delivered quickly. You want, we want that instant gratification. So why am, for me in my mind nowadays, it's like, why am I going to wait to watch the 6 p.m. news if I can get it at 2 p.m.? Yeah. You know, so there's, there's that added pressure, I feel like now for journalists to, wait, what did I just hear? Let me confirm that and then let me send yeah. it out. Now, here's the thing. We do, as journalists, should not forget that we have a responsibility. So just because we can deliver the information a lot quicker, we can send out a notification, we can send out a tweet, we should, we should know better yeah. than that. Like, just because we, you know, you have to confirm things. You have to know your source. Is it a credible source? Are you getting this from officials? Or are you getting this from, you know, just a man on the street, which is obviously not what they're going to do? I, I will say that a lot of people do jump yeah. the gun. And it's happened. And we've seen it happen. So, yes, there's also, there's there's a chance of that happening. And and then, you know, Brian, you were just saying that, well, then, then you look like a liar. And now the station's, you know, got to yeah. suffer for it. And, 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 I, and I would hope here's the thing i would hope that people did understand that you know journalists are they're humans too i'm not asking you know for people to be like oh poor journalists nothing like that because we're we're held to a certain standard we're held to a certain responsibility if we can't deliver the news accurately if we can't be accurate if we can't be responsible we have no business being in this field anyway so before so it's funny cuz you know and I, I will say that there are some stations who who strive on that who are like oh breaking and then send it out and okay yep. where did you mm-hmm. hear that from did you get it from at least two sources like wh- whereas i can i can say that our news director he goes hold hold up i want to make sure it is clear as day, you know where you're getting your information from, and it's right. correct. If you have even the slightest inkling where you're asking, should I tweet this or should I send this out? You shouldn't yeah. be doing it anyway. Because yeah. you should be getting a hold of us, getting a hold of management, and you talk to us, and if you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. And if not, you should not be sending out that information anyway. So it just goes back to the journalists: What is your responsibility? What are you trying to prove? For me, I'd rather be late by 10 minutes if it means it's going to save, you know, save me and save, you know, my yeah, station space yeah, too. that makes sense. So.
2: It's, it seems like yeah. that's the standard that you guys have. When I do check out your guys' website and look at the news clips and stuff that you guys do, it just seems like overall that there's a really unique sense of... Uh, of family and great culture that you guys have at your new station and a, a, a certain standard too i mean i'm very fortunate to be connected to rafael morales he's we grew up together i've known him for gosh i don't know yeah. tw- 30 years i think I mean, th- 20 30 years something like that like over 20 years and um he's my brother he's like a brother to me and Knowing Raphael, he just he's he has such a high standard and I know that when he talks about the the news station, the culture, the the way in which you guys as a team approach approach stories and approach things, I mean, for me, I'm super confident in you guys and how you guys approach it. And that's the sense that I got when even when I was there being on set. And again, thank you so much for interviewing me and allowing me to to share our company story uh, on behalf of Brian and our team, the Be Moore story, but I feel like that's the standard you guys have. So I, I asked the question quite confidently knowing that that's what your guys standard are is, but I feel like a lot of people, you know, speaking for those who gets to listen to this interview, that's the question they have is, is, you know, what standard are, these new stations and the media outlets and the journalists really adhering to because it seems a lot like the Wild West in a lot of ways now where it's just people are just gunslinging and sending out stuff because it's clickbait. They want the want to get the information yeah. out. They want to be yeah. the first to report it. But I, I, I don't really think that that is... I think that's part of the game but that, that's not part of your brand so i think it depends on the brand of the the media outlet as well like some people just want to get stuff out and some people just want to get oh. it right and i get i feel like you guys are are a part of the group that wants to get it right
1: well we t- gosh and you just i don't know i just i could you i could you imagine what it would feel like if you had Broke some story and it turns out mm. to be false. Like, oh, I, would, I, I just don't know what I'm doing <laughs> right. myself. Gosh, I thought I'd, I'd have to get out of news. I, I think that every news station, I, I can't speak for every single one. I've worked at several, but you know, like news directors, they come and go mm-hmm. as well. So it just, it just really depends who's spearheading the newsroom and and what values they're bringing. And I think the reason why, John, you you've noticed we are so family oriented at Fox 5 is because we Mm -hmm. really are that that is the culture that's the priority i've never been in a news station where the news director is very is uh, is very critical of how we all interact with each other in the newsroom. um i know other newsrooms where people are afraid to laugh you know because it's just we're on it gotta be on it it's news 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 news, news, which is which is fine which is and it's great and that's their brand you know and you go to Fox Five, but there's also a reason why people look at us out in the field, and our competitors are like, "Wow, you guys really all do get a yeah, <laughs> yeah, But it's because our 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 boss, you know, he's made sure that that is the culture.
0: That's wonderful,
1: and it helps. It helps That's in in this type. Christina, of field. you Definitely. you mentioned
0: in the beginning, it seems like writing was maybe the first thing you really dove into, or that you really attracted to you to to the news. I'm curious about how. Writing has played a role for you and consistently, and then in general, how you've developed some of these other skills or how you've approached doing this in order to further your career.
1: Mom, we can hear all that. That's your mom, (laughs) she came down for a snack. That is so funny. I know. I'm so sorry. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's got the microwave on. I was like, That's
0: what <laughs> No so problem. Sorry. We are probably a couple minutes away from I, I my know. daughter's coming in. It's, so it's, it's, no,
1: <laughs> it's funny because my mom, she's actually been staying with us for the last couple months because it's it, sorry, side to side. And sure, sure. I'm going to answer your question shortly here, but um, they live in the Philippines. They retired. Oh, wow. They moved back to the Philippines. and But when this pandemic hit, she was in the middle of, you know taking care of her mom in virginia and going back to the philippines so she stopped here and literally that's when everything closed oh. down the airports in the Philippines have been closed to international flights so she's she's stay- she's pretty much stayed here the- for the last two months and she she just got a flight out um tomorrow so she's oh. just she's getting her stuff ready and i can see her kind of walking around and i'm like
2: oh, gosh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's too funny <laughs> wow, what? How has she been handling all of that? I mean, that's it's probably great being being I mean, able to be with you, but that's a, unexpected, I guess, right? Oh, right. Wow. I mean,
1: the best. I mean, the best you can possibly think. My whole thing was just as long as she's yeah. healthy. But the the hard part is that. Um, hold on. <laughs> 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 Do
2: you want to say hi? <laughs>
1: She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, my dad was in the Philippines. So my dad's yeah. been home alone oh. for months now. So they've they've talked every day. But I know that my mom just, you know, as a mother, she's just, like, I got to get back. I got to make sure your dad's oh. okay. He's doing the best he can. Yeah. And it's a little harder because he's stuck in a third world country. So it's. Okay, I'm sorry. She's no, no problem.
0: Secrets. It's all good.
1: Um, I just was afraid she was going to start turning on the water and I was just like, it's get so loud. So, <laughs> I'm sure you can edit all
0: that out. The question but, was about writing was in general and then sort of writing. developing okay, your other skills to be more well-rounded in your, in your career path.
1: Okay, so, it's interesting because I got into news as a writer. That's how I started. It was a writer, fill-in producer and eventually producing and I did that for about three years it's a little backwards only because when you're in college, you want to be a reporter. Typically, you know, you go to a school for journalism, you're, you're able to create a reel and then you send it out across the U S because chances are you're going to, you're going to get your first start in a smaller town, a smaller market, you know, to get your feet wet, to make all your mistakes, earn your stripes. And then you can get into a larger market like San Diego and then work your way up from there. But I just wanted to get my foot in the door. So here I am in San Diego, it's really difficult to get into um, a reporting role right off the bat because they want years of experience. So I just figured, hey, you know what, just keep it cool. Let's go in and get your feet wet this way. And it's funny because I actually hated yeah. it really in the beginning because it's not what I wanted to do. I enjoy writing. Don't get me wrong. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to be able to report and eventually get to be an anchor. So, there were in those three years and when you're young you feel like every day it's like okay what am i doing what am i doing and i and i i hated it i hated coming into work knowing that i was going to produce and to be honest i'm not a good producer <laughs> not a good producer how do you say that <laughs> oh, I, I don't <laughs> it's a like completely okay. different skill set and i was terrible at it <laughs> um, <laughs> i should have said that out loud oh my gosh i used to produce at fox5 um when we launched it's such a funny story but Um, And I asked my boss, who is still my boss today, you know, if he would allow me to be a reporter. And he said, no, "No, you, you don't know anything about reporting. And I was like, yes, I do. I produce and I do all this stuff. And at the end of the day, what ends up happening is so I got a later start to become a reporter. However, what that did, writing and producing for those first three and a half years, it really built such a solid foundation for me. So the moment that I finally came back to San Diego and I started Mm. reporting and for Fox 5, I knew exactly what the producers wanted. So I knew exactly what they were thinking. I knew what they needed. So I was thinking like a producer when I was out in the field. They never had to think twice about what I was doing because I always gave them what they needed even before they asked. And it was funny because it was my executive producers who were like, do you realize what you have? over these mm. other reporters. So they're still going out there, and they're only thinking yep, about yeah. themselves. And, and I'm not, you know, don't get me wrong. They, we have great reporters. It's just you're, you open yourself up to this, hold on, I see something. I know that the producer is going to need this. I'm just going to send it to him right. right now. I don't know right. if that makes sense. But you, you're no, just naturally thinking about how it's like behind the scenes. So it makes, it makes my job a whole lot easier, because now I understand both sides. That makes a lot
0: of sense, actually, yeah. to me. I, I feel like the two things, one is paying your dues and doing something that you it's not exactly yes. <laughs> what you want to be doing. But I always say this when I'm talking with uh, my students, You sometimes the skills you're learning, you're, you don't know how you're going to use them. You don't really know what mm-hmm. doors you're going to open up by taking this particular class or by investing time to study this, this right. topic or, or whatever. You don't know until later. And it's in hindsight you'll be like, oh I'm so glad I took that class or I'm so glad I spent those three yep. years doing and producing even though sure. it wasn't what I wanted to do. And and it's it's tough though in the moment to decide do I stay on this path or do right. I do I move on? Because like I I heard this quote somewhere recently and and the quote was in everybody's career path they they face a choice. You have to decide to work harder or quit. And mm-hmm. and I always it struck me as, you know, it's really hard if you're doing something that you think potentially opens up doors for you, but there's no guarantee. Sure. Do you just keep working harder or do you, you know, or do you not? And and there's no right answer. That's the funny thing about it yeah. is there literally yeah. is no right answer. For some people, the right answer is to quit and go do something that's that's more appropriate for what they want to right. pursue. And for others, right. it's to double down. And it sounds like you paid your dues and then eventually those doors did open up for you.
1: And it's, a, it's, oh my gosh, how much time do you have? It's such, actually, it's such a funny story. I, <laughs> you know, I actually quit news. Oh, wow. Did you really? Okay. In this whole process, I know, uh, I know, right? That's why I asked. I'm like, how much time? <laughs> so, I, you know, so I had produced for three and a half years. I, you know, like I mentioned, I started at 10 News and I ended up at Fox when we launched in 2008. Um, and... And during that time, I was still sending out my reel. I was still sending it out, still sending it out. And, you know, it's hard. It was hard to get bites. Mm. And, I and you know, there were times that I was just like, oh, when is this going to happen for me? And I just hated what I was doing at the time. And then finally, I get my first gig. It was in Grand Junction, Colorado. Wow. So. So you moved yeah. to Colorado. <laughs> I moved to Colorado. I signed a two-year contract. Okay. I lasted four months.
0: Oh. Wow, really? I lasted
1: four months. And the... um <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And the reason why it wasn't a a bigger stink, if you will, is because I actually just left news. I think if I had stayed in news, they would have, oh, I would have been sued. Uh, but, no, I, I so... What, what, what I, was I, it okay. at oh, that time?
0: I mean, is it, was it, was it just you were disillusioned by it? Or was it, was it a questioning...?
1: So, what's your, funny is, yeah. is that I I think it works. It's a little easier if maybe you're fresh out of the gate, you're fresh out of college, and you're like, okay, here it is, my first town as a reporter, and you don't know anything about news. I had just spent three and a half years knowing how news looks like in San Diego, which is a much larger market. So my expectations and my standards are already so high. So you yeah. send me to a small town, and I'm doing news, and I'm I'm just like, what is happening? And I'm doing a one-man band. So I'm shooting, I'm editing, I'm writing, I'm producing all my stuff in heels with a tripod. And these cameras they had back then were heavy. Oh, and wow. so I'm doing all this work and I'm, I'm making minimum wage. I'm, I'm living, it was my first time moving away from my family because my whole family is still in San Diego at the time. And at the time I was also engaged. I was, there, was, there were a lot of things going on in my personal life. i don't think i was mentally prepared for it so when i was there and i'm doing it i'm thinking what am i what am i doing i'm not it's not i wasn't even able to make friends with the people in the newsroom because you know they saw me coming in from san diego and they're like oh okay you think you're a hot (laughs) shot and i was like "No, no not at all but i think it just shows also insecurity in some people like wait why is she, why are we hiring her? She's not brand new. Does that, yeah. that make sense? It's just, it was such a very awkward time. And the, the defining moment for me was I had just learned that my dad was sick. He had just been hospitalized and my family did not tell me. They hid it from me because they knew I was already depressed being yeah. so far. And that bothered me. And so here's the funny thing. So I signed this two-year contract, right? And initially when I get there, the news director, uh, she was such a sweet lady. She told me. So here's the deal, we're gonna, we're gonna get you started reporting. If you're good enough in maybe a year, we're gonna try to put you on the desk. I've been working there for two months, two months. She pulls me in her office, already I'm, it was only two months and I was already a wreck. I was, I was already depressed. And she closes the door and she says, so um, yeah, you, you need to be on the desk. <laughs> and I was like, what? So you're- and she, she, I was like, what? What are you talking about? She goes, so we're gonna have an opening soon. Um, she goes. Can you? You think you're going to be able to do that? Do you think you'll be able to do the desk in the next two to four months? And you think that for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I this is what I've been working for is to be an anchor, even though it's in a small town. And you know what I did? I cried. Mm. Mm-hmm. I sat there and I started crying. And she goes, Are these tears of joy? <laughs> or, we don't look like it. And I said, I can't. And that's when I knew. When I said no to the yeah. anchor position, it was, I, I said, I have to go home. I gotta leave today, <laughs> I was like, I gotta <laughs> go. And she, and I, I had a, a, a meltdown mm-hmm. in her office and I said, I, I can't, I gotta go, I, I gotta go home. And she said, wait, are you, are you going home to pursue news? Like, what, what is it? And I mean, I don't, I don't even remember, I knew I was a mess and there were so many things happening in my life. Again, my dad was hospitalized, he was sick and I was just like, I, I wanna go home and take care of my family. Mm. And so she said, "Give me time to find a replacement, and we'll let you go." Wow! Yep. And so, and you never hear that happening. <laughs> you don't hear that happening. And I, so I finished another two months. So it was four months, and I was I was gone. I I quit news, and I blamed everything else except for myself. I blamed everything else around me.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah,
1: like oh, it wasn't as you know it wasn't as cool as it was I thought it was going to be, and. Oh, gosh, it's like, just I, I'm gonna say it. It's just your typical what, 24, 25 year old thinking they know yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, entitled like <laughs> everyone wants to sparkle. They don't want to polish. I had that mentality, and so I just I stopped. I didn't I didn't do news for. It was two and a half years. I took a break.
0: No way. And during that time, you were just taking care of your family, or were you were you literally doing an entirely different career?
1: I did. I went into financial services. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a funny story. I needed a paycheck because I came home and okay, so now what am I going to do? I had a friend who was working for um, Ashford university at the time and she's like, do you need a job? Yeah. She got me an interview. And so here I am working at Ashford university as a financial services coordinator (laughs) (laughs) talking to students about their financial aid and, and things like that. And You know what's funny, getting out of news, I still had the mentality of being in news. So anytime they gave me a project, I was like, well, when do you need this by? And I'm thinking, end of business. And they're like, oh, you got two weeks. I was like, excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm used to like giving you something by the end of the day. So that helped. And I became a manager quick. So I was, now I had three day weekends. I had holidays off. I was spending more time with my family.
0: Christina, what year was this? When when was this?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh 2010. Wow.
0: 2010. Okay.
1: 2011. Mhm.
0: Okay. Because I want to get to around 2013. I know you were you this is like you're in the Philippines and you're a reporter yes. again. And now I <laughs> I, I, I have no it's idea crazy. how how did you make this transition okay. back to the news? <laughs> so
1: another accident that I Say accident, don't believe in it. But as I'm at Ashford and I'm fine, I'm content. You know, I'm 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 good. I happen to meet up with some of my old news friends over lunch, and one of them mentions that she just signed with the San Diego Union Tribune, but it's a newspaper. I'm thinking, how are you going from broadcast to newspaper? She goes, no, they're starting UTTV, so it's the it's a television station within the newspaper. It was this it was a project that was being um, that was launched by basically the new owner. And so it was completely brand new. And she said, Do you, have you ever thought about coming back into news? And I said, no, first of all, I couldn't. I said, they're not gonna take me. I've, I have four months of on-air experience. <laughs> you need years to get into a market like San Diego. And she said, Christina, she goes, send me what you have. We're looking for a couple reporters. They may not pay well, but we just, we might need someone. And I thought, oh yeah, right. And I couldn't sleep that night.
2: Wow. So uh. I
1: sent her what I had. I sent her, I don't even remember what I sent her, and I got a call from her news director two days later. He was like, you win or you out? Jeez. (laughs) I was like, what? And I mean, talk about, wait, I left this job. I left news and all of a sudden here, and it seemed like too good to be true. You know, when they say it's too good to be true, don't take Mm it. I mean, the pay wasn't great, but it was definitely being able to suddenly do news again in San Diego. So I was like, sure. I'll do it. Took a pay cut wow. and everything just to get back in. And and it opened the door for me to travel. It was the only time I did travel overseas to do a story. But I mean, I was reporting just for the UT and its website. That's that's all it was. And then suddenly this typhoon hits in the Philippines and San Diego, you know, the newspaper editors knew that you know, we have the second largest Filipino-American population in the U.S. So they yeah. knew that they needed to tackle this story and... I remember joking around during one of their briefings. I'm like, well, you guys should send me. Wow. <laughs> if you're gonna send a paper out there, you should just, you should send me. I mean, I can speak the language. And I, I mean, not very well, but I can speak <laughs> it. And, uh, uh, joking, thinking there was no chance, no yes. chance. And it was that night at 10 PM, I got a call from an editor. They're like, so can you really go? Oh we, wait, is this serious? And they and they said you have it was like thirty six hours before they were going to send their photographer. So if you are going to go, we need to know. I am like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and we no, we had no idea. Like I had no idea what I was getting myself wow, into. That's so
0: cool. So uh, there it, was.
1: So it then, was. Two weeks.
0: Two weeks in so the, the, the Philippines, past- and yeah, and you you do a ton of reporting about. Uh, oh gosh, it's a typhoon Ty- Haiyan. Yeah, yeah, I can. I I was looking it up and I, and then I realized in the Philippines they called it Yolanda, Yolanda. which is yes. which is a much better name <laughs> for me. So, um the uh <laughs> so uh you spent 2 weeks and you ended up winning an Emmy for your reporting there if I understand correctly.
1: Yes, I did and it's so it's so interesting because first of all I had no I had no idea that that was even an option. I had no idea yep. that we were even going to send our work in to be to be potentially nominated. And even when we were nominated, I thought, really? Because when we were out there, it was such an experience that changed my life that it almost didn't feel right
0: mm-hmm. to
1: win something for it. Because I had gained more going there than... I... You, go to a, um, you go to a town that's been completely leveled, and there were many of them, but completely leveled. You had people who had lost family members, who had lost friends, their entire livelihoods were gone. And we get the opportunity to come in there as Americans. And you know, they're looking at us like we're movie stars. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And, and just even yeah. that, that they're, you know, I look at the world around us now, and people are living in fear. And but we're, you know most of us are, are, are blessed to have homes and you know something to go home to. And they're, they were intense.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's still raining. So talk about PTSD, the typhoon, the largest typhoon that had hit their country took out everything and it's still raining at night. People were still screaming and running for the hills at night. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because they were so, yeah, they were still so scared. And so again, it's like being around those people and watching them and you would, honestly, if you had not seen the, the ruin around us, you wouldn't know that they were devastated because they walked around smiling, full of love. It was Christmas, It was. this happened in November. So it was right before Christmas. They created Christmas trees out of the rubble. They were singing Christmas carols. It was hard not to walk around wanting to cry every single moment because I felt like I didn't deserve to even be in their presence. So then to win an Emmy for telling their story, I was like, how is that even right? So it, it holds a very dear place in my heart, just because it was, again, they, they gave me more than I could have ever experienced from anyone else.
0: It, it sounds like it. It sounds like uh, once in a once-in-a-lifetime experience and a life-changing yeah. experience for you Absolutely. to be there. Do, do you have
2: any connections just many years later to that story now? Like, is there anything that you do with it in terms of in- involvement with the communities that were affected by it? Because it seems like it does have such a strong... Tie now to your career so many years later.
1: Well, you know, the short uh-huh. answer is no, and only because you know. First of all, so you think of a third world country, and it's not like we were in a city; we were in the provinces. It took forty-eight hours to get to the place that we were oh, we were wow. getting to by plane, by boat, by van. But yeah, so it it took a long time because you know they're in the rural country, and so even their internet connection—I don't even from what I remember—I don't. I, I know we didn't have access to it. And I don't know if it's, if that was just because of the catastrophe that just had happened. Mm. But I mean, they're so far. They're so far yeah. from the city and so far from everything else. I it's I think about some of the people that I had met. Wow. I have like specific moments that I think about and I wonder mm-hmm. about them and I hope they're well. And I and I, and I think I think they are. They're just so, they were so resilient when we got there that I I can't imagine that they're you know. No.
2: Right. Okay. Right. No. And yeah. I think, I think that the coolest thing about at least my two cents on it is, uh, first of all, is that the the award behind you by the way that I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking at it I'm like, man, that's so pretty. That's so cool. Um, but I, I, my two cents on it is this. And I, and I, and I kind of feel like Brian, And I and our team with launching a podcast as, you know, at least a marketing arm of our brand. But we see it as so much more than just a way to to talk, uh, to kind of get our brand out there. We really, Brian and I uh, really do feel a a sense of responsibility. And also, I feel like it's an honor to be able to share uh, inspirational stories, to tell everybody's story, you know, anybody that we get to connect with and have an opportunity to have them share their story. It's great because it reminds all of us that we all have a story to tell. And I feel like that's what you're doing for the people that were affected by the typhoon. I feel like the the recognition is actually great because it's also recognition of what was happening and the fact that you did such a good job talking about it, you know, and reporting on it. And and it was recognized for that level of excellence that you that you guys executed on sharing that what was happening out there and so and the fact that you were recognized with the award i feel like it's it's a great way to kind of like put something in the ground and say hey don't forget what happened you know and so so i think it's great i i think it is really great that you guys were recognized for it and i think that that's a testament to how well you guys did it well thank you yeah. Thank you. So good job. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> um,
0: Christina, do you? Yeah, no. Oh, I, was just,
2: I was just gonna say, are there other stories that you, that you've reported on that that you have a strong connection to and can think about on fondly now, uh, as far as like what you've done over the years?
1: There's so many. I mean, I I reported for five years in total before I went into my mm-hmm. anchor position. So. If you think about it, you have a new story pretty much every single day you walk in. Um, so sometimes that question is like, oh, gosh, I can't think. But I would have to say that out of out of all a lot of the stories that I've done, um, the ones that always that I, I will always remember are, are the human the human interest stories. Um, because it is such an honor to tell. I mean, if you think about breaking news, you know there's a house fire and things like that that in its own is a completely different beast it's like being able to report on something where you have no information and going to the scene and trying to dig for anything that you can that's a completely different thing but when you have time to actually really speak to people and get to know their story one thing comes to mind there was a girl here who needed a kidney transplant and um went so many years and, and couldn't find anyone, couldn't find, couldn't find a match. And she had deteriorated quickly. And so she was getting you know, bad news left and right. And meantime, her cousin, who was actually in the Philippines at the time, had had a dream randomly, had a dream, his father who had already passed, he had a dream of his father and his father had always told him that he would donate his own kidney to his, his niece but he died before he could, he could do that. So now her cousin is having a dream of his dad and he wakes up and he goes, I think it was a sign, I've got to do it. Wow. So he gets tested in the Philippines, finds out he's a match and they have to fly him all the way over here to Sharp where he goes through everything and, and they go through this kidney transplant and so it's stories like that and you, when you hear it and you're just like, what? Yeah. And and you know, being a woman of faith myself, I'm like, Yeah, no, that was not an accident. You <laughs> know, I keep saying these this this term accident and it's just it's not. Everything ha- happens for a reason. And if, if you if you tension and, and you actually listen, so for him to listen, he says he had a dream of his dad and he just knew. It's not like his dad spoke to him in his dream. He just he woke yeah. up and he was like, I, something about her name was Bianca. He's like, Something about Bianca, I, I gotta wow. figure out what this is and he just knew. Yeah. So that those are, great that, stories, those are yeah. the kind of stories that wow. I remember that will stick with me. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Christina, I I want to make sure we we ask you about being an anchor because it seemed like where you wanted to be back in high school was behind the desk as an anchor and yes. you you had a, a roundabout journey. Like I I'm, I'm sure every anchor yes. has somewhat of a roundabout journey sure. to get there. but but you definitely had your long journey to get there and now you're you're doing it. So I, How, how has that been? How, what have, what have you been learning? Are you enjoying what you're doing now? Can you talk a little bit about being an anchor on, on the news?
1: It's, it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. And I can't, I can't believe it most of the time that I get to do this in the city that I wanted to call home. And you know, it's, that was my, that was my goal for so long. I'm like, I just want to get to the anchor desk in San Diego. I mean, a lot of people are like, Oh, I want to be in New York. I want to do these big things and national things. I was like, I just want to be in Anchor in San Diego. (laughs) Uh, And that was my goal. And to finally get here, man, it's, it's challenged me in many ways. It's humbled me in many ways. Um, It makes me want to be better every single time, only because I, it's so funny. Like after, say, there's a breaking news story, I'll always think to myself during the break, "Oh, I should have. no, I could have said this, and I, I should have delivered it this way." You know, and how oftentimes do we do that? Doesn't matter what industry you're in. So I can say that it is, it's it's equally challenging as it is exciting, just because you you don't know what you're gonna get. You do have those days that are they're very cookie cutter, and you're like, "That was a good day. No technical issues, or you know what have you." And then there are days when, when major news hits, and that's why you're called the anchor, because then you've got to hold the show down, and, and you've got to think on your feet, and you've got to be able to, I, you know, the thing is, I think you just have to be able to connect with your viewer, and not just for trust's sake, but it's just because it's a privilege mm-hmm. to be in their home. For me, I, I do the early morning, so I'm doing 4.30 to 6 a.m., um, and I've been recently, I've been doing it by myself since the pandemic hit, and I can't have a co-anchor, so it's just been me. And for me, the people who are still working, um, or who are working during this time and are up at that hour, I know those kind of people. I mean, I know that they're law enforcement. I know that mm. they're nurses. I know that these people, if they're tuning in to watch me, that's that's a privilege, and I cannot take that for granted. So the way that I can tell the story, and it's not just being an anchor, but if, can I do it? Can I be warm? Can I be genuine? Can they feel that? Can they feel that I'm feeling this story with them without doing mm-hmm. too much? I don't know if that makes sense, but it is definitely, I don't even know if that's something that you can, that you can, you can teach because I really think that's just part of the, the human aspect of it. There is being an anchor and you have to be an anchor and you've got to hold down the show. But when you are storytelling, especially during times like now, can they still feel that you're still human and you're you're going through the same thing? Does can that I ask sense? you a
2: question, Christina, about <laughs> that? So I recently saw I think her name is Hoda. It, you know, she's a news anchor. I think I, th- I think maybe it's the Today Show or something like that. She was interviewing.
1: Yeah, she was
2: interviewing Drew Brees. And recently, okay. and it was, he had done something pretty magnanimous, but that, this is just Drew Brees, the kind of character that he is, the kind of human being that he is. He donated like $5 million or something like that. And he's probably going to, I think he said he was going to even do more, but Drew Brees is like one of the few people in sports, not just in the NFL, but that really just goes above and beyond. Like, genuinely, you know, this guy cares. And she was talking to him. And I guess I think they have a pretty good relationship as well. So I think they've known each other for a long time. She finished talking about what he had done. And, and you know, COVID-19 really had just started hitting hard across the globe. And she is reporting by herself and her other news anchor partners is doing it from home, I think. But, you know, she was not.
1: Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, so she, show, was, yeah. So she, was, she started crying <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> after she was taught to Drew. Oh, and she broke yeah. down. And her new partner, um, they showed her. And she just said, oh, you know, hold up. And, she, and she's just like, you know, saying that it's just really hard holding that front. And then not, let, not, not letting that human side come out too much. And then she started crying. And it was so yes. beautiful to see yes. that. And so I think it's wonderful that you tap into that because... That was probably one of the most touching. Even I get a little emotional saying it right now. Like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, and to see that in a news anchor means so much. I think to all of us because you're like, oh, they really do care.
1: They're, yeah, they're, they're going. And they're through going it, through it, it too. And then, and then this, you know, it's a, there's a fine. There's a fine line, I think, because you. It's, it's funny because you don't want to be too emotional because you don't want to sway what people right. are thinking. You know, that's right. the thing. We're going to deliver it and right. you're free to take it however you need to take it. But, you know, there there are times you're still human. You're still human at the end of the day. And I, I mean, every time we show like a military, mm. anything military and some type of reunion, I can't help it. I'm, I'm like, I need tissue. Like when, when I'm on <laughs> camera, I'm like, Tissue, I need tissue because you know we get them like Woo! And then you know, like trying to compose myself so when we come back
0: to it, I'm okay. But it's like yeah, anytime there's a story of like a military dad comes back and surprises his kid or something yes. like that, I'm just like, Oh god, you're gonna it doesn't matter how much I'm prepared for this story. Like i <laughs> gonna I'm... cry every time. I can't handle right. this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's what mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so... it,
0: well, there's this professionalism that you have to sort of maintain Absolutely, and, and yeah. officialness and, and yet I agree with John that when you can show your humanity without like losing your professionalism, right. it, it just has so much more impact. Actually, I, I don't know how to do it. I, I don't think it's something that you can like force. I think it, it has to come out of the situation and your natural personality and your natural reaction to it. And, and I think good anchors are able to, I don't know, p- choose their spots and, and, and control when they need to control and, and and be people when they need to be people.
1: Right, right. Fine
0: line. Yeah. <laughs> Very fine line. I can't even I can't even imagine it in the moment cause, because the decisions are happening in the moment. I'm sure you're not going in and going, you know, tomorrow's story, I am definitely going to be a human. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're approaching the end here, Christina, of, of the interview. And, you know, our whole mission as Gobi Moore is to encourage people to pursue their dreams and to have a mindset of, of making incremental progress, continuing to to push for whatever it is that they want to if they want to do it to, to to make those steps. And I'd like to sort of ask you what you see sort of for you, what what the future holds, what, what are you pursuing today? It could be personal or professional, whatever you choose to talk about, but I but I and how you're going about it and just what is your sort of go be more challenge that you're taking on?
1: Um well <laughs> right now it is it is more personal only because I, I am, I'm, I love what I'm doing. I love the city in which I'm anchoring. So I don't have any plans on leaving anytime soon. And I'm hoping that station feels the same way. <laughs> they, you know, they will renew my contract and keep me, you know, there's always that in the back of your mind, but, um, I don't have any plans on, on leaving on that, on that side, at least yet. Um, but you know, I, am newly married. So I'm, I'm thinking we want to have a family. So it's funny. And that seems all Great, and it's fine, but I work a, a really odd shift. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, so for me now, when I think of go be more, I think of myself. Okay, so I've done this now. I can, I can report. I can anchor. Can I do all that while being a mom? Like that's now my mm-hmm. go be more. It's can I do the same things? Can I have the same energy? Can I still have the same impact? You know that I'm doing now while raising. A child and you know ha- holding a family down i have no idea yeah. <laughs> i'm very hopeful though so that part i'm just yeah that's that's a personal goal of mine so no, I, I don't know, know if that, a... that really fits of, <laughs> of course, course it fits. Yes. yeah of course
0: <laughs> this is uh, like life is not just about what you're doing for your job we all have these pursuits and John will agree with this. We talk about this all the time. Like we're trying to build a company, but we have kids and we have we have spouses and partners. We want to be well rounded. We want to yeah. be yeah. we we don't want to to overweight one aspect more than the other. But we can always kind of make progress in all these areas. And I, I have no doubt that you will you will figure out how to do yeah. how to do I'm this. Hopeful. Um, I'm definitely hopeful. I don't know how I don't know how you do the morning shift anyway. So that's, that's <laughs> That, to me, is uh, the fact that you can do that means, of course, you can be a mom. You do <laughs> you, you, know,
1: you, know, you know, what's funny is there's four of us in the morning, well, four females. So, all three of them, aside from me, they all have kids. So, I've watched them go through the process. I've watched yep. the pregnancy, and then I've watched the, here comes one kid, and then there's the, there's the second child. And then, you know, one of the other my other co-makers has four kids, wow. all under the age of eight. How wow. she, I mean, listen, wow. <laughs> you know, you talk about, I mean, you talk about real strong women and, it, and it's great because for a long time getting into this business, you're told you have to choose. Do you want a yeah. career? You want a family? So for a lot, so I think that's also part of my getting out too. Cause I was like, well, I want a family. I've always, yep. I was raised to be that type of person. So there was a lot of back and forth, but now, you know, I have, I have the opportunity and I'm like, I'm excited. I'm scared and I'm excited that's at the same good. time. Oh,
2: that's, <laughs> that's, fantastic. that's so beautiful. No, I think I'm, I'm with Brian. I, I feel like you're such a strong person. Your story is truly uh, inspirational for sure. I think that the journey that you've been on, you you, you tell it very well, you know. And I, uh, I just wanted to mention, I feel like uh, culturally, it's important to be able to uh, talk about your journey in terms of where you're from, so that others who are who have who share that same background feel in, inspired and empowered uh, to go after similar goals. It might not yes. necessarily be in news, but yes. similar high. I mean, you've achieved a lot, you know, and you've come very far in a very competitive industry. Do you feel as a Filipino American having that that background? Do you feel like a source of inspiration for? Uh, your community and for little girls, especially, they look up to you, look up to you now because you know that they do and you know that they're there. Women should know that. Young girls should know that. And, and people should celebrate mm. community. Our community as a whole should celebrate women who want to have both because they should be able to have both. That's just my two cents on it. But I think that when somebody is she doing what you're her. doing is, is saying that and, and, and going after it wholeheartedly, uh, it's it's very inspiring.
1: Well, thank you so yeah. much. It's always a weird thing. You know, I, you say, you know, do you think you're inspiring young, you know, Filipina children or whatever, whatever yeah. it is? And it's 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 weird because I'm always like,
0: really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, you know, I, I just went after, I went after, you know, I had a dream. I, I put some mm-hmm. goals down and I went after it. I, I had a few setbacks, but you persevere. You just, you keep going. And... And I do. I, I would get emails from people. I, I have gotten emails from people saying, "Thank you for being for being who you are." My daughter can watch the TV and see someone who looks mm-hmm. just like her, and can be proud of mm-hmm. that, and and wants to watch you. And I'm always, I'm always so humbled because I know what that's like. You know what I mean? I know what it's like to just see something, and, and you're like, "Oh gosh!" Like how the way she carries herself, and you know, makes you want to be. A better woman, a stronger woman, and you know, so I can understand that. So to see it come back, I mean, that's always it, always knocks me off my feet. I'm like, oh wow, that's that's yes. a blessing. <laughs> so truly, it is mm-hmm.
0: Christina. I think we're going to wrap up the interview here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for bearing with all of our technical issues. <laughs> Thank you for inviting your mom down to get some
2: snacks.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I. For all the trouble that we had, which only us three know, like it, for all the difficulties that we had in the beginning, I'm, I am I just had such a great time ch- talking with you. And I, I'm oh. so glad to be able to hear your story and keep doing what you're doing. And, and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh my gosh, pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much for having me. That was a thank lot you. of fun. Of course, thank
0: you. thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. You can find links to any articles or items we referenced in the show notes. Please subscribe and be sure to give us a rating and remember to tell a friend about the show. The Gobi More podcast is produced by Gobi More Apparel. Check us out at gobimore.co. For all of us at Gobi More, we are what the world is chasing and we hope this podcast helps you become what the world is chasing too.